This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 317, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, October the 21st. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans podcast. This is episode 317. It's our comic reviews episode for releases from the week of Wednesday, October the 21st. And I'm your host, Adam Chapman. Every week we take a look at the comics that came out the previous week. Give a little bit of a quick rundown on the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, this week we have nine books that we're taking a look at, so let's just jump right in. Uh, first up, we have 1872, issue number four. This is the ending of this particular miniseries, which I actually really enjoyed and thought was a, a really delightful surprise. Um... This particular issue is written by Jerry Dugan, artwork by Nick Varela. Um, I thought Varela was actually, I I don't know if I've ever seen any of his art before, but I thought it was a great fit for this style of story. Um, The storytelling was fantastic. Uh, Great great colors, great inks, great pencils. Um, Very strong vision of the characters and the time period that this story is set in. This story by Dugan was extremely strong. I really liked how um, Red Wolf was written in this series. Um, extremely good, surprising. The stuff that happened here is surprising. Uh, I think ever since Rogers was thrown, um, his body was thrown into, what was it, a pig pen or something like that in issue two, I think that was kind of the holy fuck moment. And uh, I feel like since then, we've the series has continued to be surprising in that same way. Um, at the brand, they call it the, the Avengers of the West will return. I don't know how, but uh, it was definitely, it was, it was an enjoyable read. And I would uh, most eat, like very much. I would recommend it. So I'm going to give this a an eight and a half out of ten. I thought it was a really strong ending. They really stuck the landing. It was great. Uh, next up is Amazing Spider-Man number two, which was good. Um, I'm not quite sure about it. Artwork by Giuseppe Camincoli, which is fantastic. I just wasn't so much sure about the story. Um, at times it felt like it was again trying to be a little too jokey. I really wasn't sure if I was sold on the entire adventure of Peter and Hobie together, although I did like their interplay together, although at times, again, it was a little too jokey. I did like the flashbacks to Ends of the Earth, and then the big kind of ending, the last two pages, are the big surprise. So I'm excited to see where they go with this, who the man in the red suit is, who is this as it can't possibly be the real Oksana. Um, So, I don't know. It's good. I'm still not totally sold on it. I thought the art was great. There were some parts of this issue that worked really well. There just was a bunch of things that I thought weren't quite firing on all cylinders. I'll give it a 7. It's still strong. Um, I'm just not sure what to make of it yet. I'm not really sure. Is it Spider-Man or is it something else? And I don't, I'm, I'm not really sure yet. And I haven't really figured it out yet. Uh, next up is The Astonishing Ant-Man number 1, which was fantastic. I loved it. Um, it's a lighter read, um, in terms of, you know, it definitely has a lighter sensibility, it's fun. I think, um, and I think I've read this elsewhere as well, that at times it feels a little bit too much like a recap, like, there's not a lot of new stuff given, but it's a great kind of, it's a great first issue, and I guess that's at the at the end of the day, even if you already read the last Ant-Man series, I mean, if you haven't, this is a great kind of place to kind of jump on board, and you don't feel like you're really missing anything here, um... But it definitely is a continuation of the, the storylines from the previous volume. It's written by Nick Spencer, artwork by Ramon Rosonas. Uh, it's fantastic. I thought it was great. Um, I like the way that Scott has really kind of punishing himself for what happened uh, with Cassie. 
Um, I really like the ending. It was that was a big surprise. I the whole idea of the the power broker having his own uh, henchman app. I thought was fun. It's it's a ludicrous kind of like concept, but at the same time, it's not like it's silly. But at the same time, it makes perfect sense in our world. Um, I'm gonna give this uh, an eight out of ten. I, I I really am enjoying Ant Man. Um, I think people, more people need to give it a shot because I think they'll be uh, pleasantly surprised. Uh, next up is Back to the Future. Um, now, I guess the big news on this one was that the first issue came out on October 21st, which was Back to the Future Day. Um, it was okay. Uh, it's They got two stories. When Marty Met Emmett, story by Bob Gale, script by Bob Gale and John Barber, art by Brent Schoonover. And then you got Looking for a Few Good Scientists by Bob Gale and Eric Burnham, their story and script, and then artwork by Dan Schoening. Um... I think the first story I enjoyed more and the kind of the idea of how Marty and Doc met, I thought was enjoyable because it definitely felt more accurate to who these two characters are and how they might have met. I like the framing device that we have uh, Doc telling his kids stories um, that I liked. wasn't so much a fan of the, um, the last story, though, but... Um, it's to be continued, so we'll see where we'll go there. I'm just not sure if I'm as much by something about young Emmett. I don't know if I'm quite as interested in. I don't know why. Whereas older Doc Brown, I'm totally into. Um, or not even older, but like he's older and than he is in the first story. The first story is set in World War II. This other one is set, which seems so far away, but then you got to remember that all the main action is happening in 1985, so it's not that long ago, uh, considering how old Doc is. Um, I will give this uh, a six and a half out of ten. I thought it'd be a little stronger. Um, I really like the the main story, and I think the backup faltered for me. Uh, Batman and Robin Eternal number three is the next one. Um, I continue to really enjoy this. I think it's a little bit more consistent right off the bat than the first volume. Um, it's because the first one had so many different things going for it, and relatively early on, it started going to all these you know kind of divergent plot lines which you kind of need to in a weekly book um this one feels a little bit more concentrated and at the moment that's good it hasn't really fractured itself into the different areas and i think part of what made batman eternal didn't work for me as much on the whole was because of the mystical aspects i they don't play for me as well on a batman level story uh this is written by well the story is by james tinian the fourth and scott snyder tim seeley handles the script and paul pelletier and scott eaton um, do the pencils on, I guess, pages 18 to 20 with Tony Cordos, Cordos uh, Mark Deering, and I have no idea who does this, actually. I'm looking at the the listing, and it's so confusing. I guess Paul Pelletier does the most of the art. Scott Eden, I guess, does pages 18 to 20. Uh, and then Tony Cordos and Mark Deering do the inks for pages 11, 15 to 17, and Wayne Foucher does 18 to 20. So that brings up the question, who did issues pages 1 to 10 and 16? This is a very confusing way to lay out who worked on an issue. Um, I do like how we have all the character, all the former Robins kind of working together. I do like the kind of flashbacks to a previous story with Dick and, um, and uh, Batman. Um, I like the kind of idea here that Bruce Wayne might be in a, in a, a fair deal of trouble, even though he doesn't remember anything. Um, this remains enjoyable. Uh, the art wasn't as strong as the previous issues, but it was still good. I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. Uh, next up, we have Darth Vader. This is issue number 11. Uh, this remains very enjoyable. Um, although, I guess uh, it's, it's kind of weird that we're just having so much of Vader trying to make sure he doesn't get caught by this Inquisitor. 
which is is fine, but it's kind of funny because in some ways it diminishes Vader's presence in the movies. In the movies, for the most part, I mean, he's you know he's he's the right hand of the uh, of the Emperor, whereas here it feels like the, you know I, obviously the Emperor has some issues with him, but it feels almost too much. Uh, Salvador La Roca does the artwork. It's written by Karen Gillan. It remains very enjoyable. I like the idea that you know his, his rogue team are kind of doing their thing and trying to evade capture. Interesting to see where they're going to go with that coming up next. Um, yeah, this remains an interesting book just because of the cat and mouse that's going on. I'm going to give it a seven and a half out of ten. Uh, next up, we had Invincible Iron Man number two, uh, which I enjoyed. Uh, I don't think I enjoyed it quite as much as the first issue, but I still enjoyed it. Um, artwork by, um, oh my god, you know what, now that I realize, I've, I've, I'm looking at the issue, and I'm like, did I even finish this? Uh, and now I don't even recall it, which is horrible. Um, it's weird to see Doom, um, back, just because he should, you know, we, I kind of want Secret Wars to be over before I see the character. Um, I like where they're going with the Madame Mask so far, it's very interesting, um, and kind of, I'm interested that, that they were even using the character. Uh, the artwork by uh, Marquez is fantastic. Um, it's good. Interesting kind of odd cliffhanger. It's not like a true cliffhanger moment, but it's meant to be one. Um, so I, I, I did dig this. Um, I'm going to give it a seven and a half out of 10 because that's apparently my favorite number today. Uh, next up is Justice League number 45. Um, now this issue, I... I like the artwork. I really love Francis Manipal. I'm glad that he got to do an issue. It just felt very, uh, very different from the rest of the series we've had so far, just because aesthetically they had such a different look to them, uh, especially with the colors. Like the colors are so different in this issue. Um, I mean, obviously you have Brian Bucciolato doing the colors with Francis Manipal, so there's a reason why the colors are so different, um, because this is just kind of Manipal's style, usually. Uh, because when you have Bujolato on, but the problem is that it stylistically looks so different from the previous, you know, few issues. Um, added into that, you have this kind of concept that everyone's kind of becoming a different kind of um, a different kind of new god, and I'm not sure if I really care as much about this. So I felt like this issue didn't really progress that much. It just set up a bunch of one shots. And I felt like it, the storyline was starting to come off the rails. It Up until this point, felt like it was moving like a freight train. It was exciting. And then this felt like it really slowed down. So I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. More for the story than the art. I love the art. I just also, for internal consistency, wasn't sure if it was the right artistic move for the series. Because we were getting a very clear artistic sense of where the book was with, um, oh my god, no, Jason Fabok on it. And now to suddenly switch styles and colors, and I think I'm more almost bothered by the color difference because I love Brian Bucciolato's, uh palette that he uses on Manipal's artwork. But it's so different and so starkly different that it kind of frustrated me. And last but definitely not least, we have Titan's Hunt, which is one of the few books to actually kind of come out of Convergence, more or less. Um, interesting to see where they're going to go with this. It's written by Dan Abnett. Um, artwork is by Paolo Sequera and Geraldo Borges. Um, I, I enjoyed this. The idea that there, you know, there's, there's something going on with these characters who were Titans that we know, but weren't Titans in this New 52 universe. And they're kind of being drawn together, and there's something going on, and were there a team? And I think 
there's a lot of promise here, but I think there's also a lot of apprehension because uh, what is this book really going to do? Um, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. It was a good, good beginning. Uh, it definitely makes me intrigued, but it was a lot of setup, and at times felt like it could have been, it was a long issue, and I almost felt like it could have been longer because there was these prolonged um, parts that were just set up. Um, but I did enjoy it. Uh, some of the books I did not get a chance to look at. There was a lot of them. Uh, so the highlights cl- include Bizarro, uh, Black Canary, Doctor Fate, Doomed, uh, Gotham Academy, uh, the launch of the Teen Titans Earth One um, graphic novel. Uh, I got Wonder Woman, new issue, new issue of Donald Duck, last issue of Age of Apocalypse, last issue of Journey to Star Wars, Force Awakens, Shattered Empire. Whew! Um, the launch of Karnak. I can't believe I forgot about that. Uh, I didn't have a chance to read it yet. Uh, Shield, Uncanny and Humans, Weird World, and What If Infinity, Gardens of the Galaxy. Uh, looking forward to this coming week, or two days from now, on October the 28th, we've got... Uh, Let's see. From DC Comics, we'll have new issues of Aquaman, uh, the launch of Art Ops, which is for mature readers, new issue of Batgirl. Uh, on the trade paperback side, you got the Batman Adventures trade paperback volume three, the Batman War Games trade paperback volume one. That could be exciting. The Convergence Infinite Crisis trade paperbacks books one and two. Uh, there's a Deathstroke book of masks set. Uh, there's the Fables Deluxe Edition hardcover volume eleven. Fables The Wolf Among Us trade paperback volume one. Um, we've got uh, Justice League Dark Side War Batman uh, one shot. Uh, we've got the new issue of Prez, Robin Son of Batman, Sinestro, Superman, and We Are Robin. Uh, over at IDW, there's an issue of the TMNT ongoing number 51, as well as uh, Walt Disney Comics and Stories 724. Uh, and then at Marvel, in this coming week, we've got the Avengers Time Runs Out trade paperback volume 2, Avengers Ultron Forever trade paperback. Uh, there's the Guardians of the Galaxy by Jim Valentino trade paperback volume three. I cannot believe that I've actually gone that deep into that run. Uh, the Guardians of Team Up volume one, Guardians Assemble, a uh, new issue of House of M from the Secret Wars uh, tie-in, Howling Commandos of Shield number one, Kanan number seven, the second issue of New Avengers already, uh, Nova trade paperback volume six, Homecoming. Um, we got the Secret Wars official guide to the Marvel multiverse. That sounds exciting. I kind of want to read that. Uh, the first Silk Trade Paperback, which it looks like Volume Zero Zero, which is weird. Life and Times of Cindy Moon, and then we also have Spider Man Twenty Ninety Nine Number Two, the launch of the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl Number One. Yes, it's another Number One. Uh, what if Infinity Dark Rain Number One, mixing two weird tastes together, and Where Monsters Well Number Five. That's everything coming out this coming week on the twenty eighth of October. Once again, thank you for joining us for this episode. Unfortunately, not really sure what the next episode is going to be. Uh, originally, it was going to be a great talking Heroclix episode. Recorded two hours, it was fantastic talking about the upcoming Heroclix set. And like is sometimes want to do, my computer failed. I took the whole file with it, and I was not able to recover any of it. And so I lost a two-hour podcast. So I don't have it in me. I don't think to actually want to. Uh, sit down and do another podcast talking about the new Heroclix set, or at least not to that level of detail, because I just did it for two hours. Uh, so I'm not really sure what we're going to get. Um, recently, obviously, we've had a lot of interview episodes, but we don't have anything scheduled uh, yet uh, for the next couple episodes. So this should be interesting to see what happens, because uh, i got to kind of come up with uh, some new content for both this episode coming up, 318, as well as 320. Then we're going to be back for a bunch of interviews. I think there's four or five lined up. So uh, for the next two weeks, not really sure what I'll be talking about, but I'm sure it'll be awesome. And if not, 
just ignore those episodes and keep concentrating on the on the stellar interviews we're doing. <laughs> Anyways, thank you for joining me for this episode. I really appreciate it and appreciate you downloading and listening to the show. You can rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, post in our HROMS thread when eventually they start going up again, which has been a while. You can listen to us on Stitcher and, uh, again, email us at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. So thanks again for uh, joining us for this episode. If you have actually any thoughts or things that you'd like to see me talk about in the next two episodes, uh, let me know. Um, probably uh, recording an episode on Thursday uh, the 29th so if you do have any ideas for what you'd like to hear me talk about uh, anything at all uh, as long as it's more or less comic related uh, shoot me an email at comic shenanigans at gmail.com or you can even uh, message me on Facebook and say you know what I'm a listener of the show this is what I think you should do for one of the next two episodes and I'll take some listener requests um, and we'll just kind of go from there anyways thanks again for joining us and we'll catch you next time bye bye